Welcome to the AMCAST, Anna Maria College's podcast produced by the Marketing and Communications Office. I'm Hugh Drummond, Vice President for External Relations. In this episode, we welcome international artist Matthias Neumann and Anna Maria College uh, art professor David Wackel. It's the month of May, and Matthias has been on campus installing three sculptures uh, created specifically for our campus as part of the campus uh, sculpture program that Professor Wackel administers. A little bit about Matthias. Uh, Matthias Neumann is both an artist and an architect. His projects were presented at venues around the world, such as Manifesta 8 in Spain, uh, Galleria Hit in Slovakia, uh, National Museum of Contemporary Art, Romania, Site Lab, Michigan, the Queens Museum of Art, uh, Queens Museum in New York City, the Montavo Art Center in California, Jewel Collins Smith Museum at Auburn University, and the Cape Cod Museum of Art, among others. His art can also be seen at many public art installations throughout the United States. Matthias is the recipient of the Kaplan Directors Award of the Cape Cod Museum of Art and his work has been recognized nationally and internationally. Um, Anna Maria College uh, Professor David Wackel teaches in the Department of Art and Design. He manages the permanent collection here and the public uh, sculpture program for the college. Welcome, Matthias and David. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for having us. Uh, first off, is there anything more about your uh, backgrounds together um, that you wish to share with our listeners as, as we begin this interview? Um, I mean, there's more to list, but I, I don't want to have a, uh, an extensive CV over the podcast. Um, more recently, I was also uh, showing, I, I've, more recently, I, I relocated my main base from New York City back to Europe and, and Athens, Greece, um, kind of like between on both sides of the Atlantic more. And I've done over the last year a couple of projects uh, more specifically also in Europe uh, in the uh, at Arte Laguna in the Venice uh, Arsenale last fall and then uh, a larger land art piece with uh, in, also in southern Spain um, yeah but that's that already kind of like encompasses it very well wonderful Wonderful. David, anything that you wanted to add before we, uh, as we get started here? Uh, thank you. I'm good to go. <laughs> okay. Well, let's start then by talking about these wonderful sculptures um, uh, that you installed this week. Uh, for those of us on campus, again, it's it's late May on our, uh, the campus. It's a sunny day. The windows are open here, so you might hear some out, outside noises, but the um, you've been working hard this week uh, installing these wonderful sculptures. Tell us about them, how the idea for displaying them on the campus came to be. Mm -hmm. So the three sculptures that are installed on campus are part of an ongoing series of works uh, under the title Basics that I've been working on for the last seven, almost eight years now. Um, and the they go chronologically, so um, the pieces installed are basics number 58, basics number 59, and basics number 60, which means there have been a substantial amount, meaning 57 other pieces um, right. installed over, over the, the course of that time. So they're part of a series, the three, and if you go and look at the pieces, you will see 
they are very different in terms of how they look. However, they also have a lot of similarities. So basics, um, even though each piece is individual, like they are, it's, 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 an, it's individual expression, they all share a material language, meaning they're all made out of untreated 2x4 lumber, the most basic material, at least in the North American context. Um, and also they're all public installations, that's important to me. Um, and thirdly, they're also all um, temporary, whatever temporary really means, like you know, there's the saying, there's nothing more permanent than a temporary solution. Uh, <clears throat> but um, the, the pieces do um, acknowledge, or the work does acknowledge us that there is that there is an expiration date, that, that it changes over time, and that that it doesn't have to be, yeah, that, it's, that, there's, that it's not a permanent installation. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very happy that David invited me to install here. It's been a longer conversation. We had the first attempt in 2019, just before the pandemic, and the pandemic took care of that. Uh, so it's it's been in discussion to do something on the campus for a while, and, and I'm very happy to do so. And what's very special for me is that to have to actually have three pieces that that are in the same location mm -hmm. in one way or another. Um, it's usually it's always you know it's one piece at the place. What it allows for what I hope it will allow for people looking at the work here is to actually get a sense of they're very different pieces and yet they, they really they are in a dialogue with each other like there's a they speak the same language so to speak yeah. right uh, so that's very special for me and I'm very happy that that could happen that, that there is kind of a sense of it's part of the same work group but yet they are individual pieces yeah, and, and just for our listeners, um, as we produce this podcast, we'll include some images on social media of, of the sculptures. So um, while you're listening and, and imagining, if you by the time this is out, they'll they'll have a visual in front of them uh -huh. uh, to, to listen. Um, David, do you want to talk a little bit about the, the, the public art um, process here? Sure. Um, you know, this started as a liaison with Art in the Park, Worcester, and uh, getting some of the sculpture pieces from um, that were being displayed there onto the campus. And it became very apparent after that that, wow, we really need this here. Uh, it's something that, to me, elevates what our campus is all about. It has a feeling of openness. It has a... Uh, feeling that it's a good place, that it's a welcoming place. And public art does that for the community in general, wherever it, it, it may be. Um, and really to be able to accentuate that at Anna Maria became really important to, and to do it um, from year to year. The program in Worcester only happens every other year and we've continued that relationship. So this happens to be an off year um, for art in the park so um, <clears throat> I'm left to my own devices I guess um, 
that said, it, um, like Matthias mentioned, we've been doing singular pieces, right? Like one piece at a time, and um, and just from the beginning of our conversations about doing something here, it was kind of important for me to have one artist do like one, like take over the canvas mm -hmm. and see what they could do with it. Um, there's there's a lot of things on my mind about Matthias's work that work well in this context. Uh, color is one of them um, because of the architectural nature of his pieces um, and the architecture here. I think there's a, a, a nice dialogue mm -hmm. that happens there. So, you know, I could go on and on about minutia. Well, I mean, it also, I mean, the program also shows the, the, the incredible network that that the art department has here to bring in internationally re renowned artists and, and their uh, pieces of art to, to the campus too. Wow, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, Matthias, you're, you're, you talked about the sculptures being made out of wood beams, being very uh, basic kind of uh, structural form. Um, how did you choose wood as, as the form to, to be your creative platform? Yeah. There's, there's multiple answers to that. Uh, <clears throat> for once, I'm a trained architect and I, <clears throat> I think in terms of materials and space a lot. Like, even though I'm, I'm now doing more public art than actual architecture, it, the, the architectural thinking still informs me very much and it's very close to me in my understanding of form, space and material. And wood is kind of, you know, like, as I said, one could make the statement, I don't know, America is built out of two by fours, yeah. right? It, somehow, I think it accounts for, I don't know exactly the percentage, but for a large percentage of construction uh, still today, right? It's it's eight footers, two by fours, that, that's what builds right. uh, a lot of structures. So, so that's very close to me, just through that connection through architecture. Uh, a more practical reason, uh, you know, very often necessity is the mother of invention, right? In the very early stages of this, like when I, when I started this basic series, and it wasn't necessarily, I mean, I didn't think of it as this large series that I would work seven years later on, you know, 60 pieces later. Uh, but one, um, one question was, I was, you know, I was in New York, uh, studio spaces at a premium, right? For doing large installations in the public realm out of any other material, you really need uh, the necessity you have a necessity of a large overhead like you need a large studio and you need equipment mm -hmm. you need access to uh, to to something that's very expensive in new york city or anywhere else but even more so in new york uh, and so i didn't have that but i wanted to do large-scale installations so two by fours was the perfect tool mm -hmm. to to do that so what i'm doing right what i'm doing right now here um, at Anna Maria College and where I've been doing over the last seven years, when I do an installation in, I don't know, Wayne, Nebraska, 
I fly, you know, I don't, I just have my little tool bag. I fly there, I go to the lumber yard, right. get my lumber and construct it in place. And, you know, you get those two by fours anywhere. So it's a very versatile material um, to, to be larger scale um, and to construct safely. That's obviously an issue with public installations. And yet to be kind of like out of out of that kind of like overhead uh, necessity of of, of steelwork for right. instance. So that's that's that was a practical reason. And then what I what I really learned over the over the time, and that's that's why I'm still working on that series, which really fascinates me, to that like that incredibly simple material. Yeah, yeah. Two by four, eight feet long, and most of them, I mean, some of them are cut, but very often I kind of design it in a way that you don't have any cuts. Uh, it's a it's an, it's a building block basically. That's really that's that's very simple, but by uh, like through the through, just through the form of the of that two by four, you basically have a. A grammar or a language in terms of how you assemble it, and you can say so many things. Just with like with language, uh, you like the the possibilities, the formal possibilities that are inherent in that like incredibly simple piece of wood. Uh, that's really what's fascinating me mm. about it, and that's why I'm still working on it because. Mm -hmm. It's not exhausted yet to me. Mm -hmm. like what you can actually, how you can arrange these pieces. Mm -hmm. So that's that's the, the long answer. No, it's a <laughs> good answer. It's, it's, it, it just it, you know it kind of leads me back to mm -hmm. uh, we talked offline in the beginning about kind of the creative process mm -hmm. and like how does how does the a concept? So this is a seven-year project of, of sixty different pieces. How does a concept kind of come into your mind? Do you carry it around with you for a little bit? Does it um, does it change as you're uh, creating uh -huh. it? Um, and um, yeah, I'm just kind of curious how how does that uh, how does an idea come from your mind to reality? Yeah, at the beginning, like. At the beginning of this series of works, I did a lot of models, like I did little scale models to for the sculptures to test out things. And were those out of wood or would yeah wood? out of wood, just oh, kind okay. of like little wood sticks, right? Kind of. Uh, I'm not doing that anymore, but it was very helpful in the beginning to get a sense of like the sculptural possibilities of it. Um, I do like. The typical thing for any installation that I'm doing now, I do draw it up in a computer, mm. like very simple, like a very simple geometric uh, 3D modeling. So they, I know always exactly what I want to do mm -hmm. when I go in a place. I do like to, I don't call them site specific, because that really implies that you really work with the site, and most of the times. Uh, in order to really work with the site, you actually have to spend a lot of time on the site, I think. And some of them have have are more specific to the site than others. Mm -hmm. But I always want to allow that the pieces kind of uh, like relate to the site. Mm -hmm. So 
I typically ask, you know, if it's an installation, a place that I don't know, I ask the commissioning body, send me some photos, you know, like where, you know, just so I get a sense of the location and I, and I design it with that in mind. But as you know, a photo of a site just can still completely mislead you right. in terms of like when you're actually there. Right. <clears throat> so typically I, I know exactly what I want to do. But there were occasions, there were in particular one, one, one installation in North Carolina. I had a whole photo documentation. It was in this park, um, this very beautiful park, and they sent me a lot of photos. And but from the photos, it looked it was like this long, wide lawn. So I did a fairly horizontal piece um, for that. And so I, I got there, and you know the photos were right. However. They forgot to give me photos from the back side because the park really had two levels to it. Uh -huh. So there was this lawn, uh -huh. <laughs> but there was there was a whole like the street was basically twelve feet higher up. So you had like this terrace that looked down on that, mm. uh, which was, I mean, either way it was beautiful, but it was a completely different spatial situation. So I had designed a completely horizontal piece, and I started building it. I thought like. It's really a missed opportunity to have that mm -hmm. height potential. So I, I designed, redesigned it on the spot and it actually became a tower mm. uh, instead of a horizontal piece. So there is always that possibility. And by now, I, as I said, it's really, to me, it's really a language, a mm. formal language. By now, I, I feel safe and you know, I feel fluent enough in that language that I can also make on-the-spot decisions to, to mm -hmm. adjust things as mm -hmm. they need to be. So in the case of Anna Maria, did you, had you been to campus before? Did you look at photos? Um, or did, when, when, when you arrived, did, did you both walk around and kind of have an idea of where place, where you wanted to go with these? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, we when um, I mean, because there's just so much space here. Yeah. Like you could really right find. Yeah, it was uh, I guess pre-pandemic, right? When we first started talking about it. So um, with that in mind, uh, Matthias visited the campus. We drove around. We took photos. We talked about the possibilities of different sites on the campus. Um, I think it was cold too. <laughs> it was 2019 yeah. in the winter. In the winter, mm. yeah. yeah. That's so. actually that leads me to a, a kind of a sidebar question. But how do seasons factor into your thinking? Like, you think of North Carolina. Mm -hmm. I mean, they're not going to have the same kind of weather and colors and so forth that we have. Well, as I said before, like there's there's really three. Whoa! Did I say that already? So. Basics really has three components that that pervade, kind of like uh, pervades all uh, all pieces in that series. It's the materiality, like the two by, use of two by fours. It's that they are public in installations and that they are temporary. Yeah, mm -hmm. I think I said yes. before. So the the time component in in many ways is to me incredibly interesting and. However, also kind of evades a little bit uh, manipulation, right? So you, 
like I, I can't, I can only to, to some degree, like for instance, by the choice of what kind of wood to use uh, and so on and so forth, there's, there's some manipulation possible, but, but really not that much. Mm -hmm. So there's the time component with the piece itself. So it will gray out, become more silver yeah. in nature uh, over the time. So the, the piece itself will change. And actually, right. uh, the installations that are that we just finished now, like the you know they're like this very bright, almost white mm -hmm. wood. Uh, in a year from now, they're going to be kind of like much darker. It's going to be a different piece, right. which is something that I really love. Yeah, like they 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 become more part of the of the site as such. But then there's also the change in terms of seasons. Yeah, which of course always, even like during the day, like if it's a sunny day, if it's a cloudy day in the morning, in the evening, because the construction is these wood slats, like the way the light hits it makes it look very different. Mm -hmm. So there's like a, there's a huge variety of, uh, of how you can visually appreciate the piece and that only adds them through seasons as well. Um, I had one installation two years ago uh, in Connecticut um, that was there for a year on this meadow, like in a, a nature preserve, where they cut the grass like in, the, in, in, in spring, <clears throat> but it's very tall grass. So it, it grows up four feet in the summertime. And I knew that already. So I put the piece like on stilts, like kind of like, hovered above the ground four feet and it was like sitting there and so when it was just installed it just looked like this thing hovering above the ground mm. and mm -hmm. then came summer the grass actually just touched the bottom of mm. it so that was taken into account and i really liked that as well where you where you play with you know what kind of like uh surrounds you and so yeah, the, the time and seasons really play a role, but it's not really, it's only like a little bit manipulated. Right. It's, but, but it allow the, the pieces allow for a very uh, wide range of <clears throat> nature, basically interacting with it. Right. Like giving new aspects to the work right. by itself. Yeah, it's interesting. I, it, it really didn't hit me until you just said, you know, the wood will... Mm -hmm change in, mm -hmm. in color and in presentation uh, over the course of the, the year here. And yeah. it's going to be really fun and interesting to watch. That's a, that's a big reason uh, why I wanted Matthias to come here mm -hmm. with these, uh, this specific series is because of the, the, that changing nature that he just described. Also like our, you know, the nature that's already here, that north south axis of the college and the way the sun goes across here is just interplays with these pieces in a fantastic way right. and in contrast to say something that was steel that we would have on campus or something that was painted where it's static um, and then so you have a static thing in the changing landscape and then in this case you have like the all of this these natural alchemical things happening all at once yeah. um, with the art, with nature. It's really, um, 
You yeah, know, and you're a big fan of the the natural you know, trees and things like that. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, I, yeah. I I I see it. I hear it. Um, it's, it's for me. It's also it's a philosophical uh, stance that 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 I really like to explore in that in that series of works. Right, the, the impermanence of you know, like nothing is permanent. Right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's just it's just a, a matter of of time scale that we mm-hmm. thinking about it. Like even even geology, you know, even mountains, they're not they're not permanent. It's just right. it's just a time scale that we can't perceive. Right. <clears throat> so I think in in creating like the sculpture series, what I really like there is that that it that it has that notion of, and I, I get asked so many times when I'm installing like passers-by asking so how are you going to paint that now (laughs) no i'm not going to paint that yeah Yeah, there there is there's i think a philosophical stance to acknowledge the fact that the fact of change yeah right um color will come through nature exactly and it will also you know the sculpture will die eventually as as will we all exactly (laughs) yeah Yeah. so I'm, i'm very comfortable with with that with that stance of saying, you know, it's no, it's not, it's, it's not meant to be permanent. Mm. Like it has to hold up for its, mm-hmm. for its time being. It has to be beautiful for its mm-hmm. uh, time of existence. But it's not claiming to be still around in five hundred mm-hmm. years. Mm-hmm. So I have another question, uh, uh, kind of a, <clears throat> uh, building on the creative process. So as you create, or as you begin. To envision a piece, mm-hmm. do you do you envision an endpoint um, during that process, or do, how do you know you're done with with a piece? Like, how do you get to a point where you say, "Okay, this is this is the way it should be." I mean, and I guess part of that is also it's specific to one piece of art, mm-hmm. but it's also we talked about seven years and sixty pieces, mm-hmm. so. Do you know when you will be done with this series, or is it just you'll come to a point in time where you say, "This is it"? That's funny that you asked because a lot of also my artist friend have been asking me the question, like, "How many more do you want to do?" <laughs> kind of like, you know. Yeah. And it's not to me. It's not kind of like it's not a contest. I don't have to. Kind of, I don't have to get to whatever. To a hundred pieces yeah. or something like that. It's really, as I said before, in surpri- also surprisingly to me, quite frankly, surprisingly to me, there is still formal discovery within that language, right? So, uh, I think the moment when I think, okay, I've said everything with that language that I that I that I want to say. Uh, now I'm repeating myself. That's the that, end of the series. The yeah. yeah, yeah. So then, going to a specific um, sculpture, mm-hmm. do you know? I mean, is each one fully formulated in your mind as you, um, you know, to build it, or like, is it, there's a starting point and an ending point? I mean, I guess there has to be, right? Because you have to have a a structure that holds and yeah no exactly I mean as I said I usually build them in the computer yeah. first so yeah. and, and of course there's always many iterations right you 
try something, it doesn't really work, you try something else and then you... So, I don't know when a sculpture is finished, other than yeah. that I know. <laughs> well, like, yeah. you know, I was thinking, uh, I was in Italy uh, not too long ago and I saw some of the Michelangelo sculptures and there's the one, he has several that are, that are still, they're like... <clears throat> only partly sculpted mm -hmm. it's it's like you still have square blocks yeah. of marble and mm -hmm. then you know there's but he was done or mm -hmm. not you know i mean that was it and mm -hmm. um i just it, to me that was just fascinating to to see something like that mm -hmm. um all right let's go back to we're, we're at a college we're at college campus mm -hmm. we have uh, students that come here for for traditional art for um, uh, things like graphic design and, and more digital type things. Um, we are very fortunate, Matthias, to have someone with your, uh, you know, uh, renowned status here. So what advice would you have for uh, a young person either studying art or considering uh, going to this college to, to study art? Mm. That's a tall question. Um David weigh in too. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> no, what, 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 what would I? That's any really. I mean, I've been teaching at college as well for for years. So I, I, and I went to college. So you know, we also for experience. Uh, no, you. I don't know what what I would advise to any any student, like art student or not art student, really, is. <clears throat> To some degree, follow your follow your heart, mm -hmm. right? So, I think with almost any profession, right? There's it's it's always a Janus thing. Like there's always two sides to the medal. Um, I would not study art for for the fame of it, for the money of it, for you know, like, and we often think that like you know, art stars there. You know, I'm going to be rich and famous. And there are some people like that. Um, but that's the wrong goal. Um, however, having said that, I, I, wouldn't, I couldn't think of any better profession or let's just say anything better to do for myself than, doing, than being creative in a way where it's really... Well, you position your own your own self in the world, uh, and giving some beauty to the world, hopefully, and and also communicating that and and realizing that in the world uh, as something that is visually beautiful, maybe intellectually beautiful, you know, like to, that is that is engaging with 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 the meaning. The material meaning as well as the spiritual meaning of the world <clears throat> so i don't know if that's a real advice but that's 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 what art is for me and i think anybody wanting to do art or considering to do art uh should should ask themselves you know like why why would you want to do that when i would say because you want to engage with the world mm -hmm. as best you can yeah, and the, 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 your emphasis around the public 
um, aspect of, of mm-hmm. at least this series is so important. <laughs> I mean, having art be accessible and not having to like buy that ticket to Art Basel or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. private jet type thing. Um, you know, I think that's uh, that's really important. Yeah. Anything to add? Yeah, uh, um, it, too many things. <laughs> Nothing will come out. The uh, kind of the, the aspect of, of having the art here on campus is, and and that it, it changes uh, year to year, and this. There's a few things that I want to say about that. Um, one is that it gives students a long-term opportunity to engage with the art, to be challenged by it. So sometimes people might say, ah, <laughs> why do I have to deal with this? You know, like in my, in my life, I have to look at this. Uh, this is something that I notice, you know, meanwhile, they're looking at their phones or their TVs or, you know, whatever we can complain about <laughs> as we get older. <laughs> but um, to to be able to engage long term over seasons, have that kind of experience of the art and um, and observe within yourself the change that it makes in you, the change in your in your mind about the um, like your experience of the piece, the thoughts that it creates within you, like generates um, through reflection and curiosity. Um, I think that like the things Matthias was saying about um, following your heart and like then like where the where your mind leads, then you you follow. So you have this um, this long-term engagement, the generation of ideas, you become more creative yourself. Maybe you find some piece of uh, what's being communicated in the art, but maybe you find some piece of yourself there too. Mm-hmm. And I think these are um, important things that the public art does in, the, in our space. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think um, the idea that, that these pieces will um, through nature change evolve um, mm-hmm. uh, you know as the months go on it's going to be really mm-hmm. interesting because yeah you know, I kind of think of like a new neighborhood you know the houses get built they're 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 um, there's no shrubs or tree you know the trees are limited the grasses aren't grown yet and everything and then you go back over the course of months and and it, it becomes you say oh that's a home now and or something and mm-hmm. and these pieces will also it'll be interesting to see you know they speak today in one way mm-hmm. and how will they speak uh, a year from now or you know in the in the dark of, of the winter months here when the wind is blowing and, and, and things like yeah. that it'll be really fun to, to see them evolve they may make sound they may yeah yeah that's that really true. Interesting. Yeah, it's very windy here. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Well, um, I don't have any more questions, uh, Matthias, and and I. So, do you have any final thoughts uh, that you want to offer? If if not, I want to really thank you. Well, just thank you for having me here. Yeah. It's 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 a real pleasure, and it's you know, and it's really, and I said that in the beginning, but I do want to reiterate, uh, kind of say it again. It's really nice to have 
like three pieces distributed through throughout kind of like the, the big campus and I would um, if, if any of the students that are listening to this podcast or prospective students or staff or professors or anybody else um, <clears throat> if you see one piece that you find engaging go see the other two pieces as well and one thing that I would want to I, I would really I mean appreciate each piece in their own right of course uh, but the one thing I would want you to take along with that which nobody in any of the other installations has the opportunity to because it's always one-offs uh, to really um, look at the three pieces and and see where they're similar and where they're, where they're different meaning you know where it's, they speak the same language and they have completely three different expressions that might or might not I don't know tell you something about life <laughs> I think so I, I think you can find a lot of answers if you you know yeah. just take a time out and, <clears throat> and let these pieces speak so um, thank you very much uh, Matthias Neumann for uh, being with us Professor uh, David Wackel and for our listeners uh, remember you can find the AMCAST uh, on your favorite podcast platform. We encourage you to subscribe and, uh, and give us a rating. Thank you.